And so, yeah, I, I failed out of my original graduating class. But the fun fact is I actually failed again another term. So then oh, when what? I graduated, I was two graduating years behind. Welcome to the Challenger Podcast. This is your host, Peter Gay. I'm a Waterloo and Berkeley trained engineer working in the Bay Area. Now armed with an MBA from Haas Business School, I want to take on the world. But deep down inside, I'm struggling with anxiety about my career and my life. I'm seeking help by talking to some of the most extraordinary people that I have met, and let's find out together how they've navigated their lives. I've learned from their stories of how to persevere through the hard times and how to celebrate the good times. Hopefully, this can help you find an even keel as you're navigating your world. Hi everyone. Today I have my friend Bavia. She's got both the IQ and EQ to be a true role model for a lot of people. And right now she's running her her own backend engineering team at a fintech company. And、um, so Bavia, how's it going? Ah,、uh, well, thank you for the really nice introduction.、Uh, it's very flattering. I only speak the truth.、Um, <laughs> so it, it was really interesting. Is like how we have met the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We had a like a distant connection that we didn't know about. Yeah, I meet I meet a lot of people. So I guess for the context, right? We also went to the same under、uh, university for undergrad, and it was yeah, it was very like serendipitous that we would meet in an MBA program in California. Yeah, and、uh, yeah, the fact that we both did, did engineering that was kind of a fun fun thing too. I've talked with you about. How you you progress through your life, your career, and all of that. I just wanted to ask,、uh, what do you think? Out of all the things you have done,、um, what is your greatest success? Ah,、uh, I feel like、uh, I I I don't know how to frame it, and I guess we'll talk about this more later. But I I actually think my greatest success is graduating from Waterloo. Uh, with an engineering degree, and I know for a lot of people, getting through an undergrad is easy peasy. I have talked to a lot of people from other schools who've done engineering, and you know they've found it hard. But you know, I I had a lot of struggles along the way, and、uh, there were times where I didn't even really know if I was gonna get the degree,、uh, and the fact that I did get it in the end was, you know, the trajectory of my life has. Hinged a lot on the fact that I went to Waterloo for engineering, and even the fact that I pushed through and graduated. So, so you said you didn't know how, how you were going to graduate. What, what was that? Yeah.、About? So I just didn't do well in engineering, and、um, as you know, Waterloo is a cohort system. And yeah, for people who don't know,、um, to pass a course, you need to get above, you know, fifty average, but to Proceed to the next term. You need a sixty average, and then if you fail, you actually have to wait an entire year, and you get bumped down to the next graduating class. And that actually happened to me. I did get below a sixty average one of my terms, and、uh, I went to the professors. I, I begged for a bump. They did not really have mercy, just because you know. Uh, part of the prestige of Waterloo Engineering is just the fact that they 
they have a really high standard and they just want to get rid of the what they consider the weak students early on, basically mm-hmm. un- until fourth year. And so, yeah, I, I failed out of my original graduating class. And then, you know, I obviously had to introspect on why that happened. And I tried a variety of things and I turned it around a little bit. But the fun fact is I actually failed again another term. So then when I graduated, I was two graduating years behind. Yeah, I actually, it was kind of interesting because the Waterloo fail rate is really high. Yeah. And I was very ashamed of that. But the number of people in my graduating class doing the seven year, seven year undergrad, well, six years and, and eight months, I guess, was more than I realized. Obviously, you know, people make in, in Waterloo, like people know that they're going to be failures joining your class along the way. But the you're allowed to fail twice. But obviously, people make fun of the students who fail twice. Right. And, yeah. There are so many factors to it. And the second time I failed, I just, it was flabbergasting to me because I actually tried quite hard and there were just a ton of factors, some out of my control. You know, I lost a lot of the trust my parents had in me. Obviously, to get into Waterloo Engineering, I, I you'd have to do, you had to have done pretty well in high school. And so I had really good grades across the board. I remember like, not even trying that hard. I got like a 97% in calculus and in grade 12 calculus. And just the drop in my grades, you know, they didn't understand. The first failure was horrible for them. Like they they were very distraught by it. As you can imagine, like for Asian families, the academic and career success of their children is like very, you know, high weight. And so they were, they did not take that well. And then the second time around, just the environment at home was just horrible. Like my parents just really had lost complete faith in me. Uh, And that affected me a lot mentally. And I was kind of struggling to figure out what to do. Obviously, you know, again, like Waterloo Engineering, they give you two chances. So technically I was still in engineering, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I was encouraged by the school and the ECE department to reconsider my degree. Oh. Um, yeah, they were like, is computer engineering for you? The irony, though, is that I did really well in most of my, or not really well, but like moderately well in most of my engineering courses. Mm-hmm. Both times I failed because of math courses. The first time I failed, that was 1B. I failed because of uh, math 119, which is calculus, calculus two. The second time I failed, I failed to be, which is known to be a hard term. And for yeah. that one, it was also a pure math course. It was numerical methods. Yeah. I remember to be for all the engineering classes, basically they would call it to be or not to be. Yeah. To be is the core, the term that either you make it or break you. Yeah. I got a horrible grade in that. And again, like I, but you know, I, I did, <laughs> pretty okay in some of my engineering courses, but some some were like on the line. And then the numerical methods grade was just so, so low that I, I got a 59.2 average. And I went to the professor. Uh, I'm not going to name him, but he's known to not be the kindest person. He absolutely refused to budget. And so you know, I got rounded down to 59, failed by a percent. 
then I had to wait another eight months to repeat to be. And that was crushing because then I was also off stream with all the friends I'd made yeah. in my previous graduating class. And I bonded a lot with that class, actually, the, the, sec the second class I was in, not the third class. What was interesting, I guess, about the first failure was that it was kind of clear that it was it was partially because of the crowd I was hanging out with, because almost my entire friend group failed when <laughs> yeah. he with me. Um, and so and that was also just because like the reality was that our group was smart. It was full of smart kids, but because all of us were naturally smart, we never picked up true like study skills. Uh, and um the other thing too is like a bunch of us, including myself, like we were the nerdy outcasts sort of in high school. And so having a friend group where you know, like everyone was interested in the same games and anime and coding and all this stuff. You just hang out all the time. And again, you don't really study. We came from kind of strict households and we were, we had freedom for the first time and we were just doing whatever we wanted. And we would go, you know, drink and stay out late and not go to class. So that was obviously partially on us. There were some other factors too. But again, the second time around, that was devastating. And after that, that was kind of an uncertain period for a while. Even I'd lost faith in myself. I was extremely depressed. You know, I was pretending to be okay for my friends. And they were incredibly sad too, because they they knew that I tried and they were like, no, stay, stay, like stay in engineering. Don't switch to something else. And my grades were so low that the CS, the math department, CS wouldn't take me. I would have had to switch to like arts or something. And I, I didn't, I didn't know anything other than engineering. So it was really stressful, but yeah, I mean, just that level of uncertainty, joining a third new class, not knowing anybody, all the friend groups had been formed. My own faith in myself was very shaken. Like there were definitely times where I was like, am I, am I going to get a degree at all, to be honest? But I mean, there were, there were, moments of brightness, I guess, that kept me in the degree and, and made me stick it out. And so when I finally graduated, I was like, oh, man, like I, I did it. And I did it actually, the second half of it with, with, with almost no help, right? Because my friends had graduated before me. My parents were very relieved. Graduating opened up a lot of doors for me. But actually, before I graduated, uh, like a lot of people at Waterloo, I I already had a job lined up. I got a job at one of the big tech companies that's very well known, but they specifically come to recruit for certain programs, you know, computer science, engineering. And if I hadn't stuck it out in engineering, I would not have qualified for that job. Part of that was moving to the States. And then that big tech job landed me my next big tech job. You know, it was a butterfly effect that has kind of led me all the way here to being at this fintech company, to leading a team of engineers, which is not something that I fathomed was even possible during those difficult times at Waterloo. So I, I feel like I, I covered a, a lot of stuff here. It's like Waterloo is an interesting period in my life because it was filled with a lot of failures, but ultimately was a triumph for me. And that's why I still wear my like my iron ring too, because it's like a, it means a lot to me. It like yeah. represents all the struggles I overcame yeah. to get here. So, yeah. so um, going back to that time, first of all, it's, 
it's definitely a struggle to go through the courses. Uh, I don't think I would have if I had like missed the term. Basically,、mm-hmm. if I had、uh, removed myself from the original set of group of friends, I don't know if I would have came out either. It was is like I studied really hard. At the same time, all of my roommates were close friends, and that we all studied very hard together.、Uh, that really helped. I think that part for me was the determining factor of how I had survived. And、mm-hmm. also, it's、um, so during that time. For example, the second time you failed out of class, you said that your parents basically had a fallout with you. How do they react, and what kind of what influence did they have on you? Yeah, they they reacted extremely poorly. They made a lot of assumptions as to why that failure happened. You know, academic success, career success, those are very important. I think there was already some lingering negative emotion from the first failure. Like it was finally recovering after a few years, and then it kind of the second failure made everything worse. And it was so bad that I, well, I had a co-op term that was in Waterloo anyway. But after that co-op term, I just took courses so I didn't have to go home. I didn't. I didn't want to, even though home was only an hour's drive away. And it was kind of funny because even though I was away from them, there was always this low-grade fear and sadness and anxiety at the back of my mind, just all the time. I was always thinking about how I failed them, but also how they had betrayed me in a way by not really even trying to understand what happened and not believing me.、Mm. And just judging me again as as lazy because there are a lot of things going on. And actually, only now do I understand in retrospect. Very interestingly, I I had been for most of my life so shaped by their expectations、mm-hmm. that failing those expectations,、um, you take it very hard. Because、yeah. I I think sometimes it's it's difficult to even distinguish between what your parents expect of you and what you expect of yourself. Like how much the former has influenced the latter. There were a lot of times where I feel like you know I felt like I failed my myself also. So during that time,、um, obviously you wanted support, you wanted some help, and、mm-hmm. your parents just assumed that you were. Partying, you are not hitting the books. You are not doing what you were supposed to be doing. But in reality, maybe you were, and there were factors that's really outside your control. No matter how hard you tried, you're fighting against all odds,、mm-hmm. and coming up short was was just a fact of that life. And then you wanted a either a handhold or a shoulder to lean on, just a little bit of sympathy, empathy, if, if you will.、Mm-hmm. And your parents wasn't there for you for that.、Mm-hmm. Uh, were you able to find someone else, or、uh, you toughed it through sort of by yourself during that time? So what I'm really thankful for is that I developed a very tight. The, so the people that failed with me the first time continued to stay friends with me, and there some of them are friends with me to this day. One of them was my. Actually, I couldn't choose between them, but both my <laughs> maid of honor and my man of honor at my wedding were both from. That middle computer engineering class, and so even though we were off stream, a lot of them stayed in Waterloo for their co-op terms and would invite me to things. 
because it was it was really hard to make friends in in my graduating class. Like I said, they all had their friend groups and I was kind of random and coming halfway through. So I think they were they were good emotional support to the best of their ability, but it didn't, you know, it it couldn't totally fix the loneliness of being in a new class. And a, a lot of things I still kept to myself, right? Because I didn't want to be a complete downer to them. I I think a lot of people do that. A lot of people despite even knowing that their friends are there to listen, don't want to be a burden, they keep stuff to themselves. But I I did have them. So that that chapter has closed. What do you think you've learned about yourself? I I know you have overcome it and you're doing great now, but what do you think you have learned about yourself going through those desperate times? One of the things that I've learned, well, there's, there's two types of things that I've learned. I think, you know, in terms of characteristics, I feel like I had a lot of resilience in the end. But also, like, I was able to figure out that it's okay to be bad at some things and good at other things. Um, mm-hmm. One of the reasons I stayed in engineering is, like I said, I was really good at a lot of the engineering courses, but I was one of the, I would consider myself one of the best programmers in the class. And I actually came second at a hackathon that, again, one of the big tech companies held at Waterloo. It, it was it was after I failed, I was extremely depressed. It was uh, winter, I remember, and it was snowing a lot. And you know, the student life center and that's where it was. And yeah, I came second in that hackathon and then I got a co-op in California. And a lot of people in the class had coveted that and they didn't understand like, how is this stupid girl who failed into our class able to get a co-op in Silicon Valley, which that was everything, you know, it was one of the things everyone was gunning for. And that made me realize like, I deserve to be here because ultimately, yes, I'm I'm bad at math, but am I going to use that theoretical math when I graduate? No, I'm. But I I am going to use these practical skills, and so actually, maybe I am a good engineer. So I think I learned that about myself. There's another umbrella of things that I I realize in retrospect, and this is an interesting one, perhaps, but I didn't realize that I had. ADHD. I was undiagnosed during that whole time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Challenger Podcast with Peter Gang. To me, failures define you as much as your successes. Bavia has the grit and perseverance to push through her failures. She failed out of engineering, but pushed through, and over the years of hard work, she is now actually leading engineering teams. Whatever fault, failure, deficiency that you may have, as long as you see it as a challenge, a learning opportunity, and have the grit to push through, you can overcome whatever it is blocking your way. Remember, it's never too late to reflect back on the obstacles you've overcome, how much you've grown, and how much you have yet to do. We encourage you to take some time to prioritize your well-being and find your inner peace. Thank you for tuning in. Please comment and subscribe to the Challenger podcast. Join us for the next conversation about challenges and triumphs in life.